Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and dumpster maker, Brendan Tuma. It's the Friday morning edition of The Kickoff, meaning it is time to talk about four players I'm higher on than our expert consensus rankings and four players I am lower on. But first, have you entered to win our signed Debo Samuel jersey? All you need to do to be entered is to leave a review for this show on Apple Podcasts or CastBox. And go to fantasypros.com slash kickoff. That's it. You want three times the entries? Just go to youtube.com slash fantasypros and make sure that you include that with your entry. Now, before we also get into it, let me tell you about TickPick and remind you about the season ticket packages to your favorite team worth $3,000 and how it's where you need to go to purchase seats to any NFL game. You guys remember, they just did the drawing. They gave out season tickets, two of them, for the entire 2022 season, two a Kansas City Chiefs fan. That could have been you, or if you were like me, a Jets fan, which would have been pretty painful, as last night showed. TickPick, the original no-fee ticket site, is teaming up with Zip, the buy-now-pay-later service provider, to give away five huge season ticket packages for the 2022 NFL season. They're going to do a drawing every month. You know that. They just did it. Each package valued at $3,000. Just go to TickPick.com slash pros. Cost you nothing. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. All right, before we talk about some rankings, uh, let's run through the big news items from yesterday. Odell Beckham Jr. did not practice for a second straight day. Now, obviously, it's possible that somehow this gets resolved and Odell Beckham Jr. suits up this weekend against the Bengals, but that seems to be a pipe dream at this point. Don't expect him to play. I think the Browns are actually probably going to rally without him and use this as sort of a rallying cry. I think they actually will beat the Bengals, but that's a story for another time. This does help Jarvis Landry a bit. I do have him ranked as a borderline wide receiver too this week. Devontae Adams was reinstated from the reserve COVID-19 list. He should be able to play against the Chiefs here, but again, he's without Aaron Rodgers, so he's no longer going to be ranked as the wide receiver one as he usually is. Instead, right now, I have him ranked seventh at the wide receiver position. You're still starting him, of course. Saquon Barkley remains on the COVID-19 list, but he did have a negative PCR result. So sounds like he could still play if he gets another negative test, at least from a COVID perspective. Have we heard anything about the ankle? Because obviously we would hear practice reports and we're not getting any of that. So I would expect him to actually still sit regardless of the COVID test for Devante Booker. And Booker will make a decent start in an okay matchup here against the Raiders. Christian McCaffrey practiced again, but he remains on IR. We likely are not going to know his status until Saturday. Guys, I've been pretty clear about how I feel about McCaffrey. I'm not expecting him to play in this one. Hopefully he will, but my guess is you'll hear something like, maybe, we'll see, I don't know, and then it will generally come out probably on Saturday that he's just not going to play. There's no reason to rush him at this point, given that he had a setback before. Meanwhile, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has still not yet been designated to return from IR. We don't talk about this much, but like, has anyone heard anything at all about Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Remember, designated to return doesn't mean you come back. It means you've got a 21-day practice window to come back. So it could conceivably be another month here without CEH. So don't sell low on your Darrell Williams shares just yet. Terod Taylor is going to start for the Texans in Week 9 against the Dolphins. That is the sound of Brandon Cooks sitting up like the Undertaker in that gif. His stock is certainly up. He is the only player to target and start on the Texans. Sam Darnold remained limited in practice with his concussion and shoulder injury. The Panthers faced the Patriots in week nine. This is obviously something to keep in mind in case Darnold can't go. 
P.J. Walker is going to start. And you might be thinking, well, how much worse can it get? Sam Darnold was terrible. Well, that's true, but it, it probably can get much worse here, actually, for D.J. Moore. So Moore would still be a starting option with Walker, but somebody who you're definitely going to have to downgrade. Taysom Hill was upgraded to a full participant in practice on Thursday. I fully expect him to be the starter for the Saints come Sunday against the Falcons, as we'll talk about shortly. C.D. Lamb sprained his ankle on Wednesday and didn't practice on Thursday, but everything is still saying that he is expected to be able to go this weekend. So nothing to worry about too much just yet. A couple of other guys who did not practice is Kyler Murray with his ankle injury, DeAndre Hopkins with his hamstring injury, and Damien Williams with his knee injury. Nobody really cares about Williams from a fantasy perspective, but Murray and Hopkins are obviously big names. Now, Murray right now, if you look in our expert consensus rankings, and if you look at my rankings, I mean, he's ranked as a, you know, top 10 quarterback, but he is not in his customary number one spot here at all or close to it. Even if he suits up, there's no way he's going to be 100% or anywhere close to it. He's going to be limited with his mobility, not at 100%. He's just not going to be the same from a fantasy perspective. So I honestly don't know if he's going to suit up here. They go back and forth about it a little bit. There was optimism. Now there sounds to be like a little pessimism. So We'll have to see if you roster Murray, you have to start him. Same with Hopkins, but you have to lower your expectations regardless. A couple of players returning to practice include Kenny Galladay with his knee, Sammy Watkins with his hamstring injury, Jarvis Landry with his knee, and Jalen Rager with his ankle. As of right now, you can probably expect all to go. I feel confident at least that Landry is going to be able to suit up here. All right, let's talk about four players I'm higher on than consensus and four I am lower on. Let's start with the ones I'm higher on. It begins with Miles Gaskin, who I feel like earns the award for player talked about most on this podcast one way or another. I have him at RB15. He is RB19 in consensus. This really boils down to both the matchup and the fact that there is no Malcolm Brown. I mean, without Malcolm Brown, he's got 34 touches over the last two games and at least 15 in each. And now he draws the Texans. They're 31st in defensive DVOA against the rush. They allowed the six most fantasy points to opposing running backs. I mean, they allow 111 rushing yards per game against running backs, okay? That's not even total yards. That's rushing yards. Total yards, like 155. No Brown is a big deal here, right? The big thing with Gaskin was not necessarily his talent or how he performed. It was the risk that he was just going to get yanked the second he had a fumble or, you know, missed a block or missed a catch. It's obviously not going to happen anymore because the only one back there really is Savan Ahmed. So, Attack the Texans everywhere, start everybody in this game, but certainly with Gaskin, I am bullish on his potential outcome. Another guy I am higher on is Hunter Renfro, who I have at wide receiver 27 as compared to wide receiver 34 for consensus. This really boils down to the fact that Henry Ruggs is no longer there, and that probably means a bump in targets here for Renfro. Remember, Renfro averages more than seven targets and five and a half catches every game. I mean, so... If we're talking even a small bump, you're looking at eight to 10 targets and seven catches. That's a chance for a really big game. Now, we don't know what the impact of the Henry Ruggs situation is going to have on the Raiders, but the team obviously was able to focus on their play despite the whole John Gruden situation. So as for now, I'm expecting kind of business as usual from a football standpoint for them, and that should be good things here for Renfro in a good matchup. Another guy I'm higher on is Pat Fryermuth, who I have at tight end 11 compared to tight end 16. Now, admittedly, this is a tough matchup for Fryermuth. The Bears generally lock up tight ends, but we just can't ignore what's happened here, which I talked about on the waiver wire show and rankings risers and everything like that. 
Without Juju Smith-Schuster, those vacated targets have gone to Farmuth. Seven targets in each of the past two games, and Ben Roethlisberger looks for him in the end zone. So it, it's really difficult for me to start some of these other guys, like a Jared Cook or something, over Pat Fryermuth. So that's where I differ with consensus. If I roster him, chances are I am starting him in this one. Finally, I'm higher on Taysom Hill, who I have at QB 11 compared to QB 15 for consensus. Uh, he faced the Falcons, his opponent this week, twice last year. 18 for 23 for 233 yards passing, with 49 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns in the first game. 27 for 37 for 232 yards passing, with two passing touchdowns and 83 yards rushing in the second game. And in his four starts, he averaged 21 fantasy points per game and more than 200 rushing yards total in those games. And you know what's different about the Atlanta defense this year as opposed to last year? Pretty much nothing. They still can't stop rushing quarterbacks. They've allowed the second most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this year. You put that all together, that's a QB1. I understand he's been on, you know, out with a concussion, but we saw it last year enough. That's a QB1, and he is for me. A few guys I'm lower on. It starts with Boston Scott, who I have at RB27 compared to RB23 for the consensus. That's not a huge difference, but it's a difference nonetheless. More of a flex play for me. I get it. He had a great game last week against the Lions. The Chargers are really terrible against the run. But number one, you know he's not going to get all the carries. His best case scenario is to split running down work with Jordan Howard. And Kenneth Gainwell is going to factor in if they fall behind, which I kind of think they will in this game. I mean, the Chargers looked bad recently, but they should be able to put up points here against Philadelphia. You can start Scott, and he's going to be good for probably 12 or so carries, and the Eels are probably going to try to lean into the run as much as they can, but you have to think this game's going to be a little bit different than when they faced the Lions here most recently. So again, I expect the Chargers to put up points, so I expect the carries to be, you know, probably a little less than they were last game. And for me, I'd start Scott as a flex. I have questions about him as an RB2. Another guy I'm lower on is Marvin Jones, who I have at wide receiver 37 compared to wide receiver 31. Look, this boils down pretty much to the targets are not consistent with him, and he plays the Bills. And in specifically, he likely draws Tredavious White, who's allowed a 51.1% catch rate and zero touchdowns in this coverage. Most likely, Jones is going to need a touchdown to be a wide receiver three. Of course, he does always seem to somehow come through in these really ridiculous matchups where nobody starts him. So Perhaps that's what we've got here, but for me, I would just rather avoid him, or at the very least, start him as a flex. Another guy I'm lower on is Hunter Henry, who I have at tight end 15 compared to tight end 10. Henry has four touchdowns his last five games, but he has nine targets combined in his last three games. Five catches combined in his last three games. 81 yards receiving combined in his last three games. The Panthers are, you know, a pretty decent pass defense, and they're getting healthier in their secondary especially. So only two tight ends have surpassed 44 yards against them. They just shut down entirely Kyle Pitts. So it just isn't a game where I want much of a fantasy investment in, certainly not on this side. Finally, I'm lower on Kirk Cousins, who I have at QB 15 compared to QB 10 for the consensus this isn't a terrible matchup for Cousins necessarily. I mean, it, it sets up well for him. The Ravens are going to put up points. They blitz a ton. Cousins does very well when he's blitzed. I actually do think he has a pretty decent game here, but I mean, I'm just starting Taysom Hill over him. I'm starting Tua Tungavailoa over him. I'm starting Derek Carr over him. There's just more risk with Cousins. We saw it against Dallas, and some of these other guys are a little safer. So for me, as of right now anyway, 
he falls outside of QB1. And if I had had to make the decision last night, as you would have seen if you checked my rankings, I would have started Carson Wentz over him. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros, where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five-season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again on Monday morning.